Well, welcome. It's good to be with you today. We're here again to bring more equipping to the church, really building one another up in Christ. And today I have the real privilege to sit with a friend to hear specifically about how the ministry of Celebrate Recovery has impacted her life. So friend, it's good to be together. Why don't you introduce who you are? Absolutely. So my name is Erin and I am in recovery for codependency and past sexual and physical abuse. Yeah, and Aaron, we're so thankful that you're here today and being willing and open yeah. to share your story. Thank you for that. And help, help us to understand uh, a little bit about your story. Sure, absolutely. So I'll start from the beginning, kind of walk you through the different stages. Um, so uh, I am a child of seven. So I have five brothers and one sister. Uh, my two older siblings are from one father. I come from another, and then my four younger siblings come from my stepdad, who later on adopted me and became known as dad. Uh, my dad was a raging alcoholic and was physically abusive, um, not just regular spankings, but uh, there were beatings, um, both to me and my mother and sometimes my four younger siblings. Um, and that, that was really hard as a kid. Uh, I didn't really have anyone to talk to because I was afraid that if I told anyone of what my dad was doing, then I would get in trouble and he'd beat me even more. Yeah. And so I never said anything to anyone. And I guess there was a part of me that almost even felt like it was somewhat normal, um, that I thought maybe everyone got hit like that. Um, you know, throughout life, you know, that, that created a lot of um, unhealthy uh, relationships that I had with people. Um, I didn't value relationships. I didn't really value life. I didn't value others. Uh, because I didn't have anyone to talk to, I'd often, my safe place was a bathroom. After my dad was done beating me, I would run to a bathroom and I'd lock the door and I'd sit up on the counter and talk to the little girl that I saw in the mirror. Um, I didn't know the Lord at that point in my life. Uh, my older brother, I, to this day, I couldn't tell you where he learned it from, but he used to tell me stories of heaven and hell and that God was in heaven. And he would tell me about like, we get, we get to have a feast and the streets are made of gold. And then he would tell me about hell where that's where the devil is and he tortures you. And, uh, and I just, I remember that. And I just used to think like, man, I wanna be there with this God. I, I wanna go to heaven with him. So then when I would get beat, instead of going to the bathroom and crying to the little girl in the mirror, I would then turn those cries to God. I didn't know who he was, but I knew that I wanted to be there with him. And I'd ask him to bring my biological father back who left after I was born. Um, and I would ask, you know, send him back to mm. take me away from this house so that I don't get hit anymore. I loved my mom and I loved my siblings, but I didn't want to be there anymore. Mm. Um, later on in life, you know, fast forward to elementary school years, I was a defiant child. I was... I was smart, but I didn't want to use my smarts. I just, I wanted to be a rebel and wanted to kind of be the center of attention in class of just being the class clown. So I often got in trouble. Um, I did decent in school, moving forward to high school years. Um, and I'm sorry, going back to my younger years as well. Uh, between the ages of five and nine, I had a family member who sexually abused me. Mm. Um, 
my parents never knew. I never said anything because I didn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. I just knew that whenever I had to go there and this person had to babysit me, I didn't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, you know, every time it happened and we went back home, I so desperately wanted my dad to be my protector and, mm -hmm. you know, to protect me from that. But he was also a great source of fear. Um, so I just, I, I often felt wow. alone. I hated myself. I hated my life. I, I hated everything about everything. Um, going into high school, you know, I found my sexuality and started getting involved in very risque and unhealthy relationships with boys. Um, at the age of 15, I got pregnant. And at that time, my father was in prison uh, for involuntary manslaughter. He had killed somebody uh, during a drunk driving accident. And uh, at that time, when my mom found out that I was pregnant, which I didn't even know I was pregnant, she's the one who took me to Planned Parenthood to find out that I was. Um, she was trembling in fear, and she told me, if your dad finds out, he will kill us. And I believed her. And so she scheduled me for an abortion the next day. And I didn't understand what was going on. I just knew that the problem was going to go away and we'd be protected from my dad, so I did it. Wow. Um, later on, uh, you know, those types of relationships continued with boys. And at the age of 18, I got pregnant again right before I was going to leave for college. I didn't want my mom to worry, and my dad was back in the picture again. He wasn't in prison, and I, I was afraid. So an action led by fear. I had another abortion and I never told my parents about it. Um, you know, it, it was very exemplary of, you know, I just, I didn't understand life other than I was abused and life didn't matter, nor did my life. And so going into college years, I kind of carried that with me. Um, and it wasn't until um, I had my daughter, I became pregnant with my daughter, and I chose that, you know, I'm not letting this baby go. I'm keeping this baby. And so on May 16th, 2006, I gave birth to my daughter, Savannah. And um, to this day, I look at that as God's grace. It was a gift that I didn't deserve at the time, but he gave her to me and to become a mom, that changed me. And I knew that I wanted to reach out to this God that my brother told me about. I wanted to understand who he was because I wanted that, I, I, I wanted that knowledge of who he was. I wanted to become a better person. And I knew I couldn't do that on my own. So I started going to church, um, to Catholic church services. And um, just her and I, we'd go together holding my baby there in the pews and you know, but I never truly learned who the Lord was. I learned the traditions of the Catholic Church, but I just, I always wanted more. Um, but my life still didn't improve. I, I was still, um, you know, partying all the time and just making a lot of really poor choices. My life was a mess. Um, and it wasn't until I, uh, it was shortly after my divorce, I had met my now husband, and at the time, I was afraid. I didn't want to have a relationship with another man because I, I prayed to the Lord of, Lord, if this is who you want me with, I don't want to be the woman that I've been. I want to be better. I want to do better. And, um, and so I, we did a long-distance relationship. I lived in Southern California. He lived out here. We did that for about two years. 
and finally made the commitment to come out here to Modesto, which I always said, I'm not gonna leave my beach town to go to farm town Modesto, but here I am 10 years later, almost 11 years later. <laughs> and um, when I came, my husband invited me to come to Big Valley Grace. And um, when I first came, I always begged him, can we please go to church 30 minutes late because I don't want to go to the concert on the front end of service. <laughs> yeah. um, I, yeah. I didn't like the worship, not because it wasn't good. I just, I didn't understand it. I, I, I was looking around the church like, where is the big cross with Jesus on it? <laughs> and, um, you know, why is there a concert? Why are people clapping after the songs? Because we didn't do that in the Catholic church. So mm. it's just very different for me. Um, but I kept mm. coming and I kept coming and, and I started listening to Caleb so that I can learn some of the songs that were being sung in church so I can sing with the church. Um, and slowly the, the Lord started to work on, in me. And uh, then they announced, I remember Rick announced one day that Aaron Countryman was going to be doing a women's Bible study on the book of John. And I asked my husband, I said, do you think I should do it? And he says, mm. absolutely. I said, okay. And well... That year just so happened to be the year that uh, he bought me my first Bible. And mm. so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. And so I went and, um, yeah, it, it changed my life. The, the book of John changed my life. And I, it was specifically in John 8 where they find the adulterous woman and he tells them, okay, whoever, whoever hasn't sinned, throw the first stone at her. Wow. And I just, I remember that. And I remember the feeling that I felt of, mm. you know, I'm not worthy of this. Like, he must love everyone else here, but he doesn't love me. Like, I mm. still need to work at this. There's some things I still need to do to work to earn his love. I didn't understand God's love at that point. And uh, I had a friend who took me to a women's event at the Doubletree. It, it, they were going to have some guest speakers, Christian speakers. And I went, and this woman at the end of the event, the, the whole event was on redemption. And at the end of the event, the guest speaker asked, you know, whoever would like to come forward to get prayer and receive a blessing, come forward. And I just remember thinking, I don't want to go forward. I'm not worthy of this. And my, mm. my friend asked me, do you want to go forward? And I said, no, it's okay. I'm not worthy of someone's prayers. And she grabbed me and mm. she looked at me and she mm. says, look, she says, you are worthy. The day that he died on that cross, he said, you are worthy. You were in mind the day that he died on that cross and he shed his blood for you. And I just remember crying and finally I said, okay, I'll go to the front with you. So she took me to the front to get a prayer. And I just remember falling to my knees and my hands were raised. And I just remember, okay, Lord, like I'm finally going to surrender this to you. Sorry. I'm finally going to surrender this to you. This is all yours. Um, and from that day forward, I mean, I just was in my Bible, sometimes two hours at a time. Sometimes I'd go in at nine o'clock after I went uh, to put the kids to sleep. I'd be in there from nine to like midnight and my husband would have to come down of, honey, you need to come to bed. And I'm just like, I know, but I want to know more. I just remember, I just wanted to know everything that everyone knew. I just wanted to transfer that knowledge. And um, well, during that time, uh, two big things happened. Um, you know, first I got baptized. I uh, was super excited. That happened in March of 2016. I got baptized. Mm. And um, shortly after, uh, I got a call from the, uh, from the ICU in Fresno letting me know that my biological father was in the ICU and mm. I needed to get there immediately. Never mm. had a conversation with my biological father. Haven't seen him. 
And here, now they want me to be there at the hospital, and he's in the ICU. Wow. So I drove out there, and my dad was in a induced coma. He was wrapped in a cooling blanket. He kept having seizures and convulsing, convulsing. And um, you know, and I just, I, I just, I cried, and I was like, Lord, like you have me here for a reason. You have me here because you have work to do in this man, and I'm going to do it with you. And I just asked the Lord, you know, if it's possible that he's freed from this, you know, let me, let me read the Bible to him. Let me, let me sing worship music to him. And so that's what I did. While he was in his coma, I read the Bible every day to him. And uh, the neurosurgeon let me know that my dad had maybe two to three weeks to live and that I should prepare for his burial. Um, I walked away with my big faith and the excitement that I had in the Lord of just watch, just watch what my God is going to do. To this day, my dad is cancer-free because it was, it was Hodgkin's lymphoma. He's cancer-free. He is, he's, a, he's a carpenter, and he's still working to this day. Um, no signs of cancer. He's healthy as an ox. Mm. Um, and I was able to read the Bible to him. We watched services on Sundays in the ICU room uh, mm. through my iPad. And uh, at that mm. time, I also found out that my husband was an addict. Mm. And I was crushed. And I called uh, Pastor Scott Stebert, and he kept encouraging me, Aaron, come to CR. Aaron, mm. come to CR. And I would laugh and think, tell that to my husband, not mm -hmm. me. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, and so, you know, time went on and, you know, incident after incident kept happening. And Scott Stubbert, he was my 911 call. I'd call him and finally, it just so happened that a big incident happened on a Tuesday. I called him and he said, Aaron, come to CR. And finally I said, okay. Mm -hmm. So I walked into the rooms of CR and sat down by the drummer's mm -hmm. cage because I didn't want anyone to see me there. Mm -hmm. And I remember the worship hit different that night. Everything that the lyrics were saying, I just, I was in tears that night when they read this, the 12 steps, every step that they read and the verse that came along with it, I was like, yes, my life is out of control. And yes, I know you, Lord, can fix this. And just everything that they mm. said, I was like, yes, 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 Lord. And I went into small groups and everything that the women were sharing, I was like, yes, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm going through. And I've been a part of CR since then. I think mm. it's been almost two years now. November wow. will be two years. And I've never left. Um, and I now help lead worship in there. And I used to occasionally lead worship in there, but now when I lead in there, it's for different reasons. And uh, it's that much more passion in what I'm singing. It's, it's that much more heart in what I'm singing because through recovery, you know, and after joining my 12 step, you know, the 12 step was amazing. I got to learn so much about myself and just how I was contributing to the, to the things going on in my life. It wasn't just the addicts in my life. It was me too. There were things that I was allowing to happen. And it wasn't until I did the step studies that I got to learn what are those things that I'm doing to contribute to those unhealthy relationships? And uh, not only that, but it helped me uh, to forgive myself for a lot of my past. You know, I would say that I forgave myself, but I really didn't until I got into that step study. Hmm. And, 
you know, they always say that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And let me tell you, my relationship just blossomed through Celebrate Recovery because I genuinely depended on him every single day. I needed him there and he was there for me. He would show up and it was just so cool. And then just to have this, this group of women um, that were going through the same things that I was going through, yeah. it was just, it, it's been life-changing. It's transformed my life. I went to believing that I was cursed <laughs> to now knowing that I'm a first-generation Christian in my yeah. family and I'm going to break generational curses with yeah. my husband. And I used to think that I was forgotten and that I wasn't worthy and I'm not forgotten. He yeah. knows me. He knows my name. Right. And um, and I'm, I used to think that... Um, that I just that, that that life didn't didn't really mean anything, and yeah. now I understand. I, I understand it all, and I understand we're here to live for Him. We're here to further His kingdom, and I just I love it. I, I love everything that I've learned through Celebrate Recovery, and I I love how Celebrate Recovery helped me to love myself, hmm. so that I can love others that much more. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. That's incredible. What would you say to the person who? is maybe in similar places to where you've been and they're considering is celebrate recovery the right kind of ministry for for me what how would you encourage somebody to sure you know i've had a lot of women that say yeah i i think i want to go to celebrate recovery but i don't know there's a lot of interesting people there <laughs> and that i i won't lie that that was my hesitation as well is yeah. like well those are some different people but let mm -hmm. me tell you those people, man, they love the Lord. And yes, they come from pretty broken paths, mm -hmm. but it is those people that I get to see how God's working in their lives and that I get to see the contrast of where they were to where they are today with the Lord. And just to see that, it gives me a hope and it gives me joy to see yeah. what God did in someone's life and how powerful he is of what he can pull you out of mm -hmm. and how he can set you on a new foundation with him. And, uh, and so I just, I encourage the person that if you're hesitant because of the crowd that there might be mm -hmm. at CR, go, give it a chance. Come sit with me, come sit with me. And, yeah. and it's not just, you know, the worship and, and the big group lesson. It's go into those rooms and listen to, to what the other men or women, you know, whatever your group is, listen to what they're saying, listen to how mm -hmm. God's moved in their lives, because it's in those rooms that you're going to experience strength and hope through hearing other people's mm -hmm. story. That's great. It, it, as we participate and celebrate recovery, we, we learn really quickly that those people are really us people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're, mm -hmm. we're there together. Absolutely. And it's uh, once I'm honest with myself, I can't really point the finger and say, oh, that's them. That's, yeah. that's for them. Yeah. You know, it's God's grace is for me. That's, that's right. great. What, what would be anything else that you'd want to share with uh, the person who's heard your story and uh, anything else you'd want to share with them? Yeah. You know, I think everyone can use Celebrate Recovery. It's mm -hmm. not just the person that's an addict. It's not just the person that's in a relationship with an addict. It's not the person that came from, you know, some difficult past. Everyone can use recovery, but not just recovery, but getting into a step study because it's in the step study that you genuinely get to discover who you are and certain behavior patterns that you have. It helps you to understand why you respond the way that you respond. 
And through that, because it's all Bible-based, it's all, there's scripture supporting everything. And when you get to see that, it's almost, it's a therapy session with Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who doesn't want a therapy session with Jesus? <laughs> and so I just, I have loved the 12-step program and I encourage every believer to do it, whether you've got an ugly past or not, just go and, and see what it can do for you. That's great. That's great. I appreciate the encouragement. You know, as you've shared, just think about this verse here, Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I'm glad that you recognize that God has created you in a good way, in a good way. You're fearfully and wonderfully made all for his purposes. And he's got an incredible plan for your life. And we want to encourage you as well, that God has made you for a purpose. And we want to encourage you that God loves you. And no matter what your story has been, your story still can be in Christ. And we want to encourage you to check out uh, local Celebrate Recovery and, you know, don't be afraid to go, but uh, to go check it out and see what God might do as you get involved in the ministry of Celebrate Recovery. So Aaron, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for being open and transparent. And thanks for being an encouragement to all of us with what God has done in your life. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, we're going to continue to equip you, equip the church. And so we'll see you again real soon. Thanks for being with us today.